Welcome to the Doing Well by Doing Good podcast, where we highlight the startups aiming to be profitable with a purpose. These high-growth startups provide products and services that directly contribute to society from day one and attribute nearly 100% of their revenue to doing good, rather than just a fraction. I'm your host, Anand, and today we're chatting with Doing Well by Doing Good entrepreneur, Alan Tolo. Alan is the CEO and co-founder of Mifugo, a smart agriculture startup in Africa helping farmers create sustainable livelihoods while also building a sustainable business in the process. Welcome, Alan, to the Doing Well by Doing Good podcast. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Good evening. You know, I think we can jump right in. The first question I always have for the entrepreneurs on the show is, how would you describe my Fugo in one line? Mifugo supports smallholder dairy farmers to increase their dairy productivity and profitability by making financial inclusion possible and augmenting it with technology so as to have better income. Perfect. And sorry, it's it's me Fugo, not my Fugo. Yes, me Fugo. Okay. So maybe I should explain that. Mifugo mm-hmm. means livestock. It's a Swahili word. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you do you make it M-I-F-U-G-O Mifugo, that mm-hmm. means livestock in Swahili. Ah, cool. Learned something new today. That's great. Um, Mifugo. So what was your founding journey at Mifugo? And how did you end up where you are today? Okay. So I've had a background in IT technology for the last 20 years and uh, worked for various companies as head of uh, a CXO, basically, in various positions. Mm -hmm. Uh, In 2018, I found myself jobless uh, after a restructuring and uh, asked myself, what am I going to do? While applying for jobs, I decided to start a small dairy farm. Using the IT background, I looked into applications that would help me in terms of better managing that dairy farm. This was meant to be more of a side hobby, uh, only to realize that there were no convincing uh, applications or uh, enterprise solutions that can help a farmer uh, manage his cows, record keeping, and uh, basically mm-hmm. augmenting the use of technology. Hence, mm-hmm. I decided to do this on my own and start a company that would be able to offer this kind of solution to dairy farmers. Wow. So in some ways, it was an experience that you you also faced yourself because you were trying to do the farming. Exactly. Now, uh, from this experience, uh, I then went out, ventured to uh, study uh, dairy farms, talk to dairy farmers, so Mm. as to validate whether what uh, I was deeming as a problem was truly a shared problem amongst many dairy farmers. And to my surprise, this was exactly it. They Mm. actually needed such a solution and uh, their problems could actually be simplified through the use of uh, technology and financial inclusion. And that's how uh, Mifugo started. Interesting. So it sort of expanded from there. You saw that there was a market. Uh, and then as, as you saw there was a market, you decided that this was, this was the way to do it. Exactly. 
Now, to explain, the first entry point was a simple app that would help farmers uh, achieve their record keeping. Mm -hmm. And uh, this took around uh, three months to develop. And uh, once we had mm -hmm. a minimum viable product, we exposed it to the farmers. Mm -hmm. uh, we then came to another realization that uh, farmers were not really ready to pay for this app. Uh, I mean, uh, from charging $20 uh, per month, we went to charging $20 per year per annum. Mm -hmm. And still, it was not scalable enough uh, because uh, the value to the farmer was just not there. They had bigger problems. And so from this first concept, we had to pivot to mm -hmm. include financial inclusion and include agritech, which mm -hmm addressed more serious problems that the farmers were facing. I see. And is that is that where the cow collar and and the and the microfinance, like is that sort of where, where all of this then started? Exactly. So uh the initial phase uh when we gave them the app they simply said nice app but we don't have the cows. So can you provide us the cows? Mm -hmm. So their more immediate need was to have high milk yielding cows which are producing an average of 15 liters of milk mm -hmm. we were speaking to farmers who were having low yielding local breeds of cows that were producing anything between half a liter to a maximum of one liter mm -hmm. and as such they had the motivation but they did not have the finances to buy those cows and so mm -hmm. mifugo started the dairy asset financing to give them this uh type of cows mm -hmm. and the second bit was of course they came back and said okay we now have the cows you addressed that problem but our cows are taking too long to calve do you have any solution for this mm -hmm. uh, doing research is when we found the smart cow collar which is mm -hmm. a simple smart watch if you could call it that, but mm -hmm. it's a small collar that transmits information to the uh, farmer, information such as body temperature. So you get to know when the cow is having an abnormally high body temperature, which would mean a possible uh, disease onset mm -hmm. or tracking of the cow's behavior so that you can tell if it has a normal uh, movement of around 1000 steps per day and today it's done only 200 steps. Could there be a problem uh, with the, some health issue with the cow? Mm -hmm. And so these two uh, main points then made, uh, gave Mifugo the actual value uh, to sell to the customers and mm -hmm. they uh, laid the, the, the traction thereafter. Got it. So it was uh, a, a long journey in the sense that you, you would talk to the customer, you understood that, okay, here are the different challenges that they faced. And then based on that, you then came up with a solution um, like the cow collar and the, um, and the financing. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, and, you know, what resources have helped you along the way? Um, and, you know, you've already mentioned some, uh, but what other challenges did you face? So the first challenge was to get a good team. Mm -hmm. And uh, being a startup, definitely you don't have the resources. Mm -hmm. uh, in Kenya, just like most uh, countries in Africa, the seed financing is usually the most difficult. Mm -hmm. And so uh, 
one was to get a team of people who would work for Mifugo at very low uh, salaries mm. and uh, would actually share in the vision and the mission of the company and still have a, a, a drive to push the numbers uh, because they believed in what Mifugo was doing. Mm-hmm. And we were lucky to, uh, at this uh, time, then I incorporated the current CTO, uh, mm-hmm. inviting him to be in charge of technology, Mr. Mm-hmm. Jackson Aniki. Mm-hmm. And he shared in the passion and the dream of the kind of things Mifugo would, was, was capable of doing in the dairy technology space things that had not been ventured into uh, before, disruptive technology, innovative Mm. technology, technology Mm. that would impact on the smallholder farmer, the Mm. bottom of the pyramid uh, group, Mm. if you could call it that. Mm -hmm. uh, Then some of the sales team also came on board, uh, obviously with an explanation that, hey, we don't have much money now, so are you ready to walk along with us and we improve things as we go on? And so once we addressed the team issue, it was also a matter of getting some seed financing, uh, basically bootstrapping. And this was from my own finances uh, to get this started because we needed to validate our value proposition to mm-hmm. validate that this could work before we could approach any partners. Mm-hmm. And that's how we, we got started. Um, maybe uh, nine months, 12 months later, we got some uh, donor partners interested like Mm -hmm. FSD Kenya. Mm -hmm. And uh, the main one that uh, actually took us off was Rabo Foundation. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is a bank based in Netherlands and Mm -hmm. they love what uh, we were doing and Mm -hmm. they offered us our first round of financing. That's cool. And, And, you know, I remember, you know, Nat Robinson had come on the show uh, he he introduced us and he, you know, had mentioned in his book around the financing challenges in Africa. Uh, and, you know, you mentioned something that's very interesting that the seed financing, because it's sort of the opposite in, in Silicon Valley, right? Where seed funding is the easiest, but you were mentioning that seed funding is actually the hardest. And I wonder, is that because people, you know, in, in particular, the the types of investors you're going after are looking for traction before they invest? Is that the challenge? Yes, that is true. Uh, Mm. So Africa is still deemed as a black box. Mm. Uh, In this sense, uh, the would-be investors are not very familiar with the issues on the ground. Uh, Mm. There is very little data to validate uh, that this uh, product would work. Mm. And so as such, it is majorly an unknown ground. And so Mm. uh, investors deem this as quite risky and they wait for you to get other means of financing, validate your product or value proposition, get traction from customers, uh, Mm. generate revenue. Mm -hmm. And only after that, do you have sufficient data to prove that it works? And at this stage, then the investor is able to interview or question uh, the customers question your partners, question other stakeholders mm-hmm. in order to validate the risk and assess uh, the viability of your, your company. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would imagine in the Western world it's different because it's more, of, I like your idea. I believe in you as a founder. I'm going to put $200,000 and let's move on with it. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe this is something also that we hope will change in Africa or in Kenya with mm-hmm. time and that is 
having more angel investors, uh, having right. people who are able to take chances with uh, entrepreneurs like us, instead mm-hmm. of having other uh, instruments to invest in maybe property, uh, just right. say, okay, I would like to take a risk on, on this company. Yeah. Uh, however, right now we are still fighting with other older, better and more proven models such as uh, investments in property, in investments right. in bonds, uh, which mm-hmm. are more, uh, I would say, more sure to the investor. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. Yeah, for sure. Angel investors. I mean, I think if you look back 10, 15 years, even even in, in, in the Western world, I think you, you look and you see that there were actually a lot of angel investors and then they ultimately, you know, made enough money to then create their own funds. And actually, that's what uh, that's why the seed market is so flooded. Um, because a lot of those funds now, you know, fund a lot of those those companies. So it's, it sounds like that would be a good uh, place to start. Cool. Yeah, I thought we could move on to the mission. Uh, what is your company mission? And how do you create a culture around that mission that embodies it? So our mission is to use technology as an enabler to mm-hmm. eradicate poverty and improve uh livelihoods, economic livelihoods of smallholder farmers in Africa. Uh, This mission is embodied in uh, the fact that uh, using the SDG goals, Africa has a great potential to lift itself in uh, making uh, sure that its population can feed itself, its population can develop and have good income, People can afford uh, health services. They can afford to take their children to school and they do not need to rely on other external parties from this. Uh, Africa has enough potential. It has good manpower skills to generate uh, this potential. And we embodied that by cultivating a culture of using technology as the enabler and driving uh, this mission. Technology, mm-hmm. as it is evolving, more or less is an answer to everything, whether it's AI, machine learning, a simple app, uh, right. or even mobile money. I take the example of Safaricom and M-Pesa, which mm-hmm. is uh, probably right. the biggest uh, company right now in valuation in mm-hmm. Africa, arguably. And mm-hmm. 20 years ago, it did not exist, but right now it controls the ecosystem of Kenya's economy. Mm-hmm. And you've seen how many jobs that M-Pesa has uh, created as a result. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen the facilitation of uh, income through M-Pesa. And M-Pesa is a very good example of what other forms of technology such as Mifugo can mm-hmm. do in terms of driving the company mission to change the economic livelihoods of Africans. Cool. And, and in terms of the culture, you know, you obviously you're, you're based in, in Kenya, right? And so, you know, in terms of creating that, do you guys create like an office culture? Do you guys create a culture around the mission? It, you know, at least from what, what I've seen on your website and when we talked earlier, you know, you guys are on the ground a lot. And so is that part of that culture? Is that part of showing or, or in maintaining that culture as you grow as a company? Yes, uh, thank you. So the culture is always to do it and do it in an excellent manner. 
And so it's not about sitting in the office, but it's about meeting the farmer, getting to know his problems and Mm -hmm. going back to create a solution for those problems. Mm -hmm. We believe in the culture of facing problems Mm -hmm. and having a solution for each problem. Mm -hmm. Nothing is impossible. Mm -hmm. I must say that culture is what has pivoted Mifugo to where we are. Mm -hmm. As I mentioned before, I started with the the idea of a simple app. Now Mm -hmm. we've gone all the way to IoT. Mm -hmm. And this caller was only as a result of listening to the customer. A customer-centric approach that has a technological innovation as a solution. And that involves always engaging with the customer in order to go out and get the right solution for that customer. I Mm. guess uh, Steve Jobs said it well, Mm. do not wait to listen to what the customer will tell you because tomorrow he will again change his mind Mm -hmm. and uh, and have a different need. What Mm -hmm. you need to do is if you understand his problem, then develop a product that will more than exceedingly satisfy his needs. And I think that's mm-hmm. what we do at Fugo. Ah, so, so you use the customer-centric empathy, try to understand what their problem is. And then, of course, the solution comes from you know, the team. And, and I think if you're addressing the problem, like Steve Jobs said, then you know, the customer will like it, right? And so uh, the, the idea is understand the problem as much as possible. And, and part of that, as you mentioned, is to uh, be in the field, be on the ground, and talking to them. Exactly. So we use that through our field officers and mm-hmm. we engage the community-based organizations, self-help groups, uh, small groups which come together with a common mission. And uh, that's how we do our visits, uh, engage them, uh, talk about our product and mm-hmm. uh, sell, ultimately sell. And after the sale, we have after sales service where we maintain an engaging culture to mm-hmm. confirm and uh, go through the model to make sure that the farmer is actually achieving the intended results. So mm-hmm. we don't stop at the selling point. We actually uh, have a sustainable uh, model of uh, always pushing and getting to know how the farmer is progressing. I see. So you guys have an ongoing relationship with the farmer to ensure that they're successful even even after the initial sale. Exactly. And that is why we have a 90% retention rate Mm. uh, with our customers. Uh, These are not only retained, but we also have repeat customers. Uh, Once a farmer has purchased one cow, then he would desire a second cow and uh, Mm. we continue that relationship. Now, uh, as the company is moving on, we are also engaging with uh, other partners in the same ecosystem. Mm-hmm. So for example, a farmer w- who has purchased a-, a cow through us would need a biodigester. So mm-hmm. we now have a partnership with a, a company known as Systema Bio, mm-hmm. which offers these biodigesters. And so the waste from the cow then is taken through this uh, device mm-hmm. and that gives the farmer uh, biogas as fuel and uh, just with simple two cows, uh, this farmer can generate and, and cook for three hours 
using the biodigester. So you can see this ecosystem that we create is not only to give a cow and stop there, but mm -hmm. to look for other valuable products mm -hmm. around the dairy cow that would be of benefit to the farmer. Got it. So you're empowering the customer in multiple ways by bringing them also value-added services that, um, that maybe partners bring as well. Exactly. Awesome. Well, I, I think this is a good segue to doing well, which is, you know, what is your business model and what makes your business sustainable in the short and long term? Okay. So our business model is hinged to signing up groups of farmers. Mm -hmm. So we do take up individuals, a bit shy about it, but prefer uh, groups of farmers. Uh, these groups, first of all, know each other. They've had a long relationship with each other in terms of their repayment abilities, uh, their needs. And so you get a common goal by signing up uh, the group. Um, also, right. you have a, a, a more sustainable approach when you're dealing with the group uh, because the group has come together with a common mission and mm. you're coming in to embed their mission by supporting them in one or two ways. So from this uh, group sign up, then the members uh, partake of our products. Mm. And of course they individually benefit from it, but the groups continue to support each other. So mm. for example, when you sign up a group of 50 members, uh, you would train all of them. And when you leave after the training, they support mm. each other through transfer of knowledge, transfer of skills, and that mm -hmm. gives it a more uh, sustainable approach instead mm -hmm. of dealing with one single individual. Mm -hmm. uh, we use a technology platform, simple USSD, where mm -hmm. these members apply for our products and uh, the entire group has to know what each of its members has benefited from us. So if there are two group mm -hmm. members who have received cows, then the entire group knows it. And mm -hmm. that informs the risk part because mm -hmm. it acts as a microfinance, then the group also co-guarantees its individuals. Mm -hmm. And an individual has challenges in repaying, then you find members of the group stepping up to mm -hmm. help the farmer pay up the loan. And that informs Mifugo's uh, traction uh, because then we are able to reduce uh, the non-performing loans and be able to help more people. And you don't stop there because this group then, once two members or three members have taken up the product, then another three members after six months are able to uh, be in the next cycle. So we think this as a, a better way of dealing with it in the long term because you're engaging the groups and mm -hmm. also you're always listening to them to know what they desire uh, for the next uh, stage of supporting them. I see. So this peer, I guess you can call it peer reinforcement mechanism helps to helps to both allow them to um, you know, follow through on their promises, but also financially there is a mechanism the co-guarantee that you mentioned that actually you know kind of holds people accountable um, of course there's the benefit of also training right and, and helping them train uh, as a group but uh, it sounds like there's a lot of benefits to having the group uh, rather than just an individual exactly 
Cool. And add to that, of course, uh, the individuals would do better in urban centers because they have uh, payroll, they're working somewhere, but in the rural setup where their income is uh, limited, mm -hmm. uh, it's better when you deal with the power of numbers. And so the combined income of the entire group then helps to uh, partake of these products. A good example also is sometimes you find groups uh, agreeing only to take one cow to support one of their members. And mm -hmm. after that kind of repayment, then they move to the next member. So you can see the power of the group now able to support each individual. Got it. And then if I understand correctly, the way that the company makes money is based on a particular you know, percentage um, of, you know, because there's a certain, a certain amount of interest maybe in, in a micro loan. Is there another mechanism? I mean, you mentioned initially you had an app and then you changed that. So do you also have a subscription fee? Is the subscription fee, you know, something that's taken automatically out of their income? How does that mechanism work? Okay, so our primary income is interest mm -hmm. revenue. And so from the dairy financing, we charge an interest uh, on mm -hmm. the amount uh, and mm -hmm. that is our, our, our income. Uh, we do have a service fee and that's a one-time fee when you are interested in a, a dairy cow. Uh, and this service fee includes uh, a kind of assessment of your farm and your abilities so mm -hmm. if you are a farmer, we'll step in before giving you a cow and check, do you have source of feed? Do you have a cow shed? What is your source of water? Uh, what mm -hmm. is your experience in dairy farming? Uh, so as to make sure that when you receive the cow, then you're able to take mm -hmm. care of that cow and harness the best out of uh, that cow. Mm -hmm. uh, cows also are different stages. As I mentioned, there could be a local breed of cow which you would have, and we don't support that because mm -hmm. it uh, produces very low milk. But then mm -hmm. we've got the crossbreed and you've got the exotic breeds. Mm -hmm. And so we would check, are you able to take care of a crossbreed which has low maintenance or mm -hmm. are you able to take care of an exotic breed which would, of course, uh, need more financial uh, just to charge you a one-time fee. Mm -hmm. And after that, then it's only the interest revenue. And um, mm -hmm. aside from that, the training is free. So we offer a free capacity building. Mm -hmm. uh, we have uh, four trainings per month. And on top of that, we have cold calls where we follow up with how you are faring on. And mm -hmm. we also do on-site visits. So we'll come to your farm uh, and just inspect, see how mm -hmm. you're feeding your cow, how you're milking it, how mm -hmm. clean is your shed, and mm. any form of advice you'd have. Some of this has been uh, very instrumental because uh, in the last six months, we realized high calf mortality because mm -hmm. of a common disease known as East Coast fever. Mm -hmm. But because we were engaging our farmers, we were able to reduce this by 90% because mm -hmm. we are able to tell them that so-and-so has faced this issue. So you need to prepare yourself by doing one to three. Mm -hmm. And that kind of uh, support has led them to uh, have a better dairy productivity. Mm -hmm. Got it. Um, this makes sense. Um, and, and so it sounds like you have, a. it's not always the same model for every customer. Is, 
is the service fee and interest is it slightly different based upon what type of cow they get or what type of um you know what type of cow they're trained for no the service fee is actually standard it's okay. just that a cow would be more expensive yeah got it, but got it. okay yes is, is standard yes ah okay makes sense um cool well i thought we could move into doing good you know in 10 years when mifugo is a huge success what global challenge would mifugo have helped solve we hope to reduce poverty among smallholder farmers mm -hmm. if i can be allowed to combine that i would actually say mm -hmm. reducing poverty and increasing economic uh, livelihoods better economic livelihoods for these farmers mm -hmm. uh, and, and this is based on living with dignity and mm -hmm. hope for everyone mm -hmm. we all strive out there to achieve our ambitions and uh, if you could say tick our bucket list but our farmers are uh, still struggle and mifugo looks at making their dreams come true mm -hmm. and yes it is a for, for profit organization mm -hmm. but achieving a sustainable way of making sure someone lives with dignity making sure that a mother in the morning can feed his her two-year-old child with milk which is mm -hmm. the main source of protein in the rural homes mm -hmm. and this child can grow well that mm -hmm. is our dream mm -hmm. and one would be satisfied seeing that more people are able to live with dignity happy and not rely on handouts or not rely on outside mm -hmm. help but be able to use their own mind and abilities to make life better for themselves and mm -hmm. mifugo comes in as a simple facilitator for this dream got it so it's a it's really economic empowerment um helping them be in charge of their own destiny and uh and then you know get there right do do what they do what they want to do and uh, and let help them achieve their dreams exactly i will give you another example if you allow mm -hmm. me yeah of course uh, outside the dairy asset financing we got a group of women who wanted the micro loans and mm -hmm. uh the name of this group of women is known as no sex for fish mm -hmm. <laughs> no sex for fish uh -huh. okay <laughs> What sometimes happens is the women at the lectures have to give sexual favors mm. in order to get this fish that they are able to go and sell and support mm -hmm. their families. Right. And this group approached us and said, we want Mifugo to support us so that mm -hmm. we can have the money to go and buy this fish from the fishermen without mm -hmm. trading uh, for sex partnership with them, mm -hmm. the group has grown their revenues threefold by wow. 300%. Yep. And they live very dignified. They live yep. uh, very happy that mm -hmm. they're able to uh, pursue their economic uh, livelihoods, have be happier, feed their family without being subjected to uh, such uh, social 
social ways mm -hmm. that would mean them. Yeah. And that's a good example of how Mifugo is proud in supporting uh, the rural folks. Yeah, that's incredible. I think, uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of unthinkable to even think that that's, that's happening out there in the world. And, you know, the fact that Mifugo can, can help to prevent some of that, that's certainly a good in the, in the world. And thanks for sharing that story. That was really incredible. You know, one question I always like to ask is, you know, why, why build a, and you touched on this already, you know, you talked about sustainability, making sure that you can uh, grow the business, right? Why build a for-profit? Why not a nonprofit? Nonprofit, as the name suggests, would mm -hmm. be something through donor agencies, uh, mm -hmm. uh, governmental aid. And we believe that it's not sustainable. Uh, so mm -hmm. if a nonprofit organization uh, supports a group, it is basically tailored towards, say, a two year project or a three year project. Right. And after that period, uh, they walk out because the money is no longer there. It's finished. Dried up, yeah. The question is, uh, have they helped the group to make their own money so that hmm. once they walk out, then the group can remain sustainably taking care of itself? Mm -hmm. So... For example, there have been various models in the dairy space where uh, nonprofit organizations have given these cows for free to the mm -hmm. rural folks. Mm -hmm. But after one year, you find more than 50% of these cows have either died or been sold off, for example. Mm -hmm. And we believe that the farmer receiving that cow for free does not see the value in that cow unless he spends his own coin. Mm -hmm. uh, because right. when he does that, then he actually values that cow and he's going to take care of it because he takes it more from a commercial perspective mm -hmm. rather than a traditional perspective. Mm -hmm. And so we believe that the best way to be sustainable is to have dollars and cents making sense. Right. Mm -hmm. has to make sense mm -hmm. to that farmer for him to continue doing it. And yeah. if it doesn't make sense, then sooner or later, uh, it's going to fold. Well, that's a, that's a great uh, tagline. Dollars and cents making sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a unique one. I, I love it. Yeah, it makes, so what you're saying is that, you know, you want to sustain um, the impact. I mean, you, you, you know, the group you just mentioned, right. For those women, you know, if the, if, if the group went away after three years, that would be horrible, right. Cause it would, it would be back to back to square one. And so to your point um, with the for-profit model, you can create a more sustainable way for them to continue to make money. And then that economic source becomes uh, a source for their livelihood and a source for them to live a dignified life. Exactly. Cool. And, you know, one, one question I always ask is how, and I'm not sure if, if this has been a challenge for you, but how do you balance shareholder value, investors you, you got, uh, with your mission and culture? Is there ever any challenges there? Um, or do you find that, you know, they're pretty aligned? Well, they are aligned. Mm -hmm. And uh, from experience, what I do know is that First of all, you must pick the right investors. Right. If you choose an investor who is 
does not share in your mission mm-hmm. and culture and maybe concentrates may, uh, mainly on the bottom line, mm-hmm. then you will lose your mission. And right. so the most important thing is to align yourself with the right investors. Mm-hmm. So for example, take impact investors who actually have more patient capital and yeah. they are looking at what is the social impact. Like we were lucky with Rabo Foundation. Mm-hmm. That is what they look at. They look mm-hmm. at how many farmers have you supported and mm-hmm. how many liters of milk on average has increased per farmer. That is what is more important. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, that is not to de- negate to negate the, the value of shareholder value or mm-hmm. the bottom line. Mm-hmm. You mark your eyes on the KPIs, right. but by augmenting both the KPIs and having a segment of your staff that their job is to basically make sure that the social impact KPIs are achieved, I believe that that can be attained. And in fact, I also believe that getting that social impact right is one of the reasons why your company will achieve even faster traction. Because within Mm -hmm. time, then people will get to know that you're doing good and you're an enabler to that good. And so I submit that it is possible to actually balance the two. Mm-hmm. Got it. Yeah. And, and I think what you mentioned is that, you know, of course, a big part of it is having the right investor, but you mentioned um, aligning the social KPIs or the KPIs that are or the social impact KPIs, which, for example, milk, which is in your case, the amount of milk, right? Uh, compare that or align that with the financial KPIs, which of course will be bottom line and, you know, making more money and whatever the case might be. But I think if those are aligned, right, if one increases, the other one increases, right, then I think that that is the best way, because then, of course, the investors don't have to at any point, um, you know, argue because they, of course, are, are you know, they, they're happy. Um, but to your point, I mean, if you have the right investors who are patient, sometimes, you know, you will have cases where maybe, you know, you're making less money or something like that because there's, you know, there's a downturn or something. But then at that point, you ideally have investors that believe and are like, you know, we're, we're willing to wait because we know that this is going to take some time. Um, so let's keep working together. So I think that's your your point is that you need to have both. Yes, you must. And uh, mm-hmm. just to further add to the issue of investor, you could actually have mm-hmm. an investor who wants his returns in three or five years. Right. And could have an investor who wants his returns in 10 years. Mm-hmm. Now, choosing the one for 10 years gives you more leeway to mm-hmm. concentrate a bit on your social impact. So you actually get to achieve uh, both of them. Right. And uh, well, yeah, getting those investors is what's difficult, but <laughs> they're, they're, <laughs> they're, they're. Yeah, that, that's always the difficult part. Yes. Um, Everyone wants his money now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's human nature, I suppose. So you can, you can assume that, you know, the distribution of people that would want their money sooner rather than later is going to be higher. Um, yeah. So... No, it, it makes sense. But it, um, it's great that Mifugo has uh, a great set of investors already that, that are uh, aligned with, with the mission. So I'll end with one thing, which is advice for listeners. So do you have any advice for listeners 
who either want to start a company like Mifugo um, or work for a company like Mifugo? Okay, so I have advice for, say, someone who wants to start his company. Okay. Uh, the advice should be mm-hmm. start early. If you're thinking mm-hmm. of starting a company, stop thinking and start now. Mm-hmm. There's never a good time to start other than now. So Kepadiam, mm-hmm. seize the moment and just start your company. Mm-hmm. You can never be well prepared for the journey that awaits you. So the sooner you start having those challenges, addressing them and solving it, mm-hmm. the better and the faster you will actually be on the road to success. Uh, to the person also, especially if you are a technology-based company mm-hmm. who wants to start that company, don't wait for your product to be perfect. Mm-hmm. In the simplest sense, if you have a product, the value of that product does not lie with you. The value of that product lies with your customers. Mm -hmm. And the sooner you get the comments and the input from your customers, the better you will make your products. So Mm -hmm. just start it. Uh, Don't wait for it to be perfect. If a vehicle can run on three tires. If it was possible, then just drive that vehicle as it is. And sooner or later, you'll have all the, the tires well, well set and moving. Mm-hmm. Um, to the professionals and the team, I would say a company is made up of its people. Mm-hmm. As a CEO, as an inter- entrepreneur, treat your team well and they will grow or help you grow the company. Mm-hmm. Get the right people. Um, many a time uh, an entrepreneur is on the driving seat, most Mm -hmm. likely fundraising, Mm -hmm. but it is his team that are customer focused. They are meeting the customer every day. Mm -hmm. And so if you have the right team members, they will represent your company well, and that is where you'll get your traction and value. So Mm -hmm. it is primarily important to always take care of your employees. As Jack Ma says, mm-hmm. the first most important are your, your, your employees. Yep. The second is your customers. And then third is the shareholders. Yeah. And I agree with him. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that quote. Yes. This is so inspirational. I think the, you know, the carpe diem, I think that's the, that's the takeaway. I love that. Um, yeah, th- this has been extremely inspirational and, and a fun conversation. So I thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Anand. It was a pleasure. And that's all, folks. Thank you for joining us. You can find more information about Mifugo and the work Alan and the team are doing to empower farmers in the show notes. Is there a company doing well by doing good you think we should talk to? If so, email us at hello at doingwellbydoinggood.co or tweet us at DWDGSF. And for the latest updates about DWDG podcasts and posts, subscribe to our newsletter at dwdg.substack.com or click subscribe on your favorite podcast app. See you on the next one.